0: Hey, Husker fans. Welcome to another episode of the Husker Big Red podcast with Chris Peterson and Danny Gillette. As always, go Big Red. Good morning, Husker fans. Welcome back to the Husker Big Red YouTube channel. I'm Chris Peterson, and back with uh, my co-host, as always, is Danny Gillette of the thegreatcornholio.org and uh, huskerbigred.com. Sorry, it's been a little Freud even slip there, but uh, we are back here, you guys, uh, after the Nebraska football spring game this week. And uh, Danny, what, uh, what were your thoughts, man, after getting to see Matt Rule and these guys uh, out on the field for the first time?
1: Well, my first thought is how you're always nicely color-coordinated for this podcast, and I can really get out of bed. But my second thought in regards to this game is that, you know, I think people were kind of expecting more out of the spring game, but to me, you saw exactly what you were going to get. You're not going to get, you know, a bunch of complex things offensively, but one thing that really did stand out to me was the defense. It looked like they were swarming, and I really, really like this 3-3-5. It allows for players to be aggressive and I thought the defense you know I thought there were some really good things and as the kids say Princewell Umamalian and Cam Lenhart are going to be a problem in the future
0: definitely that was uh one of my big takeaways yeah it was those uh kind of the three defensive linemen from the yeah. freshman you know Maverick Noonan had some plays in there yeah. too but yeah Princewell Umamalian was one of uh you know my my probably most positive uh, takeaways from the spring game, just I, I felt like he had a chance to contribute this year, but, man, he was off the charts on Saturday.
1: Yeah, I think he definitely has more than a chance to contribute this year. Yeah. I think we could see him become really a staple of the defense. And, you know, I think, um, I think you know, seeing guys like Maverick Noonan and then, um, you know, Lenhardt, I think – it's a good sign when your freshman can come in and play right away. And, you know, a lot of people want to say, oh, the offensive line is bad. Like They don't look good. I thought they did OK. I think these guys are just that damn good. I
0: agree. And, and another thing, too, is you have to, you know, that second offensive line that, um, you know, I'm trying to think of the red team, you know, the red team with their quarterback, yeah. you know, that offensive line was not. I mean, there's there was a couple of, like Lutowski was on there, but there was guys on there that you know aren't going to play a ton, you know the. So I mean, I didn't think it was. I, I thought it was exactly like you said, you know what you expect from a spring game. Spring bangs spring games are going to be sloppy, you know, especially when you're installing a new offense um you have a new quarterback everybody's kind of working to you know together for yeah. the first time but even even look down the road i mean michigan has the same offense the same quarterback and their quarterback struggled and the same with ohio state you know their quarterback struggled for like a it just it's like a pre-season football game you know you're not going to expect the offense to you know be dominating and going up and down the field and i did think that they did some positive things especially with Jim, jeff sims out there and i agree with you i actually liked the offensive line um, I thought Bryce Benhart did look yeah. a lot better than yeah. he did a year ago I mean not just like when when I saw him standing I mean he actually looked like a dude you know he looked like the guy that Nebraska recruited I mean yeah. he looked 6'8 and you know thin actually I mean not he looks big but he looks like he could even add more weight to his frame and I don't know if it was you know taking the knee braces off or whatever but he was like consistently on run blocking getting to the second level I'm not saying I watched every single block of his but I did think he played really well, and I was actually really impressed too by Ben Scott. I mean, he had a um, yeah. a pull on one play that you know was like NFL. You know, you just you just don't see guys, you know, centers especially pull and get out in front of guards. So I, I thought the offensive line was solid. Um, hopefully, the injuries will work out okay. I mean, Corcoran, I'm kind of worried about that. Was there another injury too up front?
1: I want to say there was, but I forget who it is right now. Okay, um, I'll I'll look that up after the show. Uh, but um, yeah, no, I thought that you know, the offensive line held their own. And that was something that was big for me just because I wanted to see how they came out in this game and how they played. And, you know, I I do have concerns beyond, you know, Jeff Sims and Casey Thompson about the quarterback depth. There's no doubt whatsoever that Heinrich Harburg is a great athlete, but I didn't really see a ton of throws. I saw a lot of runs and um, you know, Chava Purdy, I thought he held his own, but to be completely honest, I thought he held his own in last year's spring game. And, you know, I want to see it on their field in a regular season game. So I'm a little worried about quarterback depth beyond Thompson and Sims, but I don't think with the play of the offensive line and the improved play of the line that that will be too much of an issue this year. Um, you know, I think, you know, a lot of it was, just the offensive line not playing well last year and not giving Thompson time. And from what I saw on Saturday, I don't think that'll be a problem. I think, um, I think that will be, you know, a good, a good unit this year and they just need to keep improving. And that goes for the entire team, you know, you know, people and you know, we wrote pieces about it cause we're fans and, you know, things like that, but people tend to overreact to the spring games and, you know, I thought that um, I thought that everybody basically did what they needed to do, especially the running backs. We saw Ramir Johnson play a little bit. We saw Gabe Irvin, who I thought ran really hard, that kind of bruising running back type of style. I thought he played really well. We saw a little bit of A. J. Allen and you know, they said it on the broadcast, you have at least three running backs in the running back room that can go to another school and probably play right away. So that just speaks to the depth of the position. And, you know, I think um, I think EJ Barthel is going to have a lot to work with at that positional unit, and I think he's going to do a good job with it. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, was able to recruit Saquon Barkley and Miles Sanders at Penn State. And so, you know, he knows what he's doing at the running back position, and I'm excited to see that positional unit too, especially if the offensive line continues to uh, – Uh, improve because you remember we even said last year we thought that the offensive line did a better job run blocking so I'm hoping you know those two units the offensive line and the running backs will continue to play at a you know high level together and I think quite frankly we're going to have an offensive coordinator that wants to run the football so that will help as well
0: yeah we we saw you know they gave the fullback to uh, Bonner you know the fullback on the first play that was the uh you know, Oh, to Frank Solich, but you know, it was interesting that they used Geranian Bonner on uh, you know, as, as kind of that fullback role and he has embraced it. Um, I do think that the running back room is going to be a strength. I'm hoping that nobody, you know, exits via the transfer portal there. Um, I know where Nebraska is going to have some guys leaving, you know, from some spots, that's one kind of area where it feels like maybe somebody could leave just because, you know, there's, there's only so many mouths to feed, but I, I do yeah. feel really good about the running game. Um, to talk about quarterback for a minute, you know, I, I was really impressed with Jeff Sims. I thought I was he looked, too. You know, he looked like a starter. Um, I thought he put some really good balls on the money, you know, to Billy Kemp and, um, you know, Marcus Wash. Just everybody, he made some really good throws. I don't think he ran as much as, like, we'll see him run no. during games. But one play that sticks out to me, you know, is... Uh, Cameron Leonard came through with basically a free rush, and Casey, I mean, not Casey, sorry, Jeff Sims just juked him out of his shoes, and I can't remember if it ended up being a completion or or what have you. He might have even got sacked there on the play later by somebody else, but that just shows you the kind of ability that he has to keep plays alive, and I thought he threw the football better than I thought he was going to, you know, so that he exceeded my expectations, especially in that area.
1: The dart he threw to Nate Borkutcher, I believe it was, was really impressive to me because that was an Mm -hmm. absolute seed, and he just threw it out of his hands and whipped it to Borkutcher for a nice big gain. And, you know, I think um, I think it's going to be interesting to see where he falls in this thing, because I think, you know, I, I don't think he's a guy. You, oh, we have another quarterback. He's good for depth, blah, blah, blah. This is that. And the other thing I think it's I, I think he's a very real starting quarterback. So I'll be curious to see how that race, you know, shakes out because, you know, I truthfully and I've said this before. I think Sims is a better fit for this offense. There was obviously some stuff that he needed to clean up. Uh, he, he underthrew a ball towards the back of the end zone to Marcus Washington, I believe it was. So it wasn't all perfect, but I was very impressed with the touch Jeff Sims had and his arm strength in general, I think is a little bit better than Thompson's.
0: And I know there was a lot of turnovers. I, I think that Jeff yeah. Sims only had what the one fumble um, yeah. potentially. So, I mean, um, that obviously you need to clean those things up, but I'm not, a lot of that stuff was like, you know, miscommunication type things. One of them was actually, one of the fumbles was a really good defensive play. I'm blanking right now who did it, but it was just a great hit on the football and they kind of just stripped it out. Yeah. Um, but I just thought the defense made a lot of plays. And one thing that's, you know, about this defense is I know there's a new coordinator, but a lot of these guys are back from last year. And uh, I think that you kind of saw that, but some of the new addition, like I thought MJ Sherman played pretty well, yeah. Um, It was interesting to me. I was going to make this point earlier, but, you know, like with Leonard, you know, being from the IMG, um, the, the cornerback from the IMG Academy, which I, there's no way I could pronounce his name. Um, serious to Yeah. I mean, I he, came, he came yeah. in. That was pretty good. That was impressive. I'm impressed by that. The, yeah. But he came in and had a great hit, you know, and, and wasn't. A, so I think it's like when people guys come from that program, you know, like they're ready to ball. And so those those two guys, I think, you know, they're they're used to seeing this level of talent. And uh, I overall I. I'm really happy to see, you know, those three defensive linemen because the pass rush has been one of the things I've been worried about the most, and I feel better about, you know, the pass rush after seeing those guys on uh, Saturday.
1: Gage Stenger had a nice hit as well. Uh, he's uh, You know, he came across the middle, absolutely laid the wood on, you know, the poor running back. I forget who it was, but um, no, and, uh, you know, I really like this defense because, you know, The defenders can rush for all angles. When the ball was snapped, I saw people rushing from everywhere, from the defensive line coming down from more the linebacker spot, so to speak. And, you know, I really like the chaos that the defense creates. And chaos is a word we had heard all spring. And we saw it a little bit on Saturday. So I'm interested to see, you know, how that plays out. People are a little bit worried about, you know, defending the run. But I think we'll be okay. I mean, I think... Leonard and um, I'm I'm blanking right now. Uh, Leonard and uh, what's what's his Prince name? Princewell. Yeah, Princewell. Prince I think he'll be. I think they'll do fine defending the run. And Princewell is just a man among boys. I mean, man, like he was very impressive. And you know, you want when when you recruit, you want players that can play right away. They have two in Leonard and Princewell.
0: Yeah, definitely and um I think I do think Maverick Newton's going to get, you know, some uh some snaps there, you know, this fall too. He he flashed some stuff too and all, all three of those guys were playing, you know, with the number one defense cuz they had it set up to, you know, I mean there it wasn't always, you know, there was some guys switching around a little bit, but um yeah, I liked how they had it, you know, set up. I thought it was a good, you know, formula. Um there was a lot of, you know, fans there, so um, it was a, I thought it was a great spring game and you know, it was funny. They had the Minnesota one watching on TV and the Minnesota spring game just looked like absolute garbage and like an indoor practice facility. And it was just like, I don't know, man, it was just, that's not, it's just not what you'd think of. Maybe it was so cold or something that, they had to do it inside but i just i hate minnesota i think it's a barren hellscape the entire state but anyways
1: <laughs> i feel that way about new jersey so any new jerseyans please feel free to come after me in the comments cuz i don't care but anyway um no and you know it was it was rainy and cold in nebraska and yet 66,000 people showed up so you know i think there was a lot of intrigue you know obviously frank coming back and getting the new locker room named after him in the new facility and then you had the new Herbie, that that was pretty. I love the new. I love the new Herbie. I love the new Herbie. You know, I think he's a, a, a throwback to, you know, what used to be. And while we don't necessarily like that for the direction of the program, meaning what used to be, I think this one we can accept. It was a very good fit. And you know who else is going to be a good fit is Willis McGahee. Uh He committed his son, the son of the Miami running back Willis McGahey committed on Saturday and um you know I'm very excited about him he's a very Im- impactful uh defender good pass rusher you know tremendous athleticism and I'm excited to see what he can do in this defense
0: yeah I really like um this commitment for Nebraska I think this is uh my favorite commitment of the 2024 class so far um and I really think that McGee's underrated I mean he's like I can't remember what he is in the composite like 400 like he's a three star but 24 7 sports in their own rankings has him like 232 and that's i think he's a top 200 caliber of player i think part of the reason is you know he's listed at 6'1 and 220 and his profile says they don't have uh you know they don't know what exactly what the size is on him and so i know he doesn't fit into exactly the measurables that you he's not like six three two forty or whatever that you want for an edge rusher but i think for this three three five i think he's going to be a perfect fit you know he can play some outside linebacker but i mean this dude can get after the quarterback he had double digit sacks last year he's explosive yeah and uh i think he's just going to be absolutely perfect for the you know that jack they call it the jack edge rusher whatever you want to call it like this guy can get after the passer and i think he's going to make a pretty early impact at nebraska i honestly do
1: I definitely do as well, because, you know, he fits that kind of athletic type of mold that you need in a three-three-five defense, and I think he'll be able to, you know, get after the quarterback with his speed. Um, we're also trying to line up an interview with him at some point this week, so I'll get back to him at some point later in the week, and maybe we'll get a chance to ask him some questions. But, you know, I think, I think it's kind of interesting because it wasn't like, you know, he just committed out of the blue. Nebraska just contacted him. He was at the very first, you know, spring practice, if I remember correctly, back in March. So this is somebody that Nebraska has had their eyes on for, you know, a long time in the recruiting world, like the last month or so. And, you know, Philip Simpson was a part of the recruitment. And, you know, when Matt Rule, you know, hired, you know, guys like Simpson focused on, you know, getting coaches and staffers from Texas. I mean, you could sense there was a recruiting strategy and, you know, Simpson playing a role in McGahee's recruitment is just proof of that. And, you know, I'm really excited to see what, you know, McGahee can do. And I think he's going to be a really good fit in this defense.
0: Yeah, ex- I, a perfect, a perfect fit in this defense. I, I really think that, you know, when you look at that, plus just the type of athlete that he is, you know, he's got the the bloodlines and the production. I mean, he's got it all there. Um, He's a really strong athlete. So, I, yeah, it's just this is a perfect kind of Matt Rule addition. And um, I, yeah, I think within, you know, a few years, we're going to look at this guy and be like, how was he, you know, a composite three star? You know, so that's that's my opinion. I could be wrong. But, you know, hopefully I'm not for, I'm a, from a Nebraska, you know perspective overall though you know just to we there's a couple i want to wrap up the spring game a little bit you know later just talk about some of the other guys that stood out but from a recruiting perspective you know there was ended up being 24 guys on campus uh, brandon baker you know the number one tackle um carter nelson was there they got some other in-state guys there um what stood out to you from a recruiting res- perspective this weekend beyond mcgahee
1: brandon baker actually you know showing up at nebraska and being there because he's a guy that i really really want i think you know, he's a fantastic offensive lineman. He's physical. He's everything that, you know, you want. And he's a type of guy that you can, you know, build an offensive line around. And, you know, I think having 24 guys at the spring game, despite the weather, you know, they all want to see what this program is about. And I think more are starting to realize that this program, you know, is, you know, in a good position to do big things. And, I don't want to get too, you know, over the top, but I just have the sense that, you know, Dominic Grayola said this program was a sleeping giant, and I get that sense as well. I really do. Between what we have now in in our recruiting efforts uh, for 2024 and beyond, you know, I I think this program is headed in the right direction. I mean, we landed a 2025 commit on, Thursday in Caden Vermas. So, I mean, that just goes back to the staff, you know, committing to the state of Nebraska and, you know, trying to get as many players in state as possible.
0: Yeah. And I thought it was, yeah, Brandon Baker was good and he's talking about, you know, an official visit. Um, I know there's a lot of heavy hitters involved, but Nebraska has definitely made a positive impression. You know, he brought his teammate, Aiden Breland, um, a top 100 D lineman from Mater D. I mean, so if you get guys from Mater D and you're, you know, on your visit list, I mean, that's a big deal. because That program is as good as any in the country. I mean, for the most part.
1: Nate Frazier, too. I mean, from Mater D. So that's something to watch as well.
0: And, you know, Carter Nelson, I thought, uh, you know, he was all smiles. So I think Nebraska, you know, probably made some headway there. It's you know, he doesn't really talk about his recruitment much, you know, so it's hard to gauge where things stand. I know he visited a bunch of SEC schools, but um, you know, just because guys are are kind of taking those visits. I mean, I want to see where he takes official visits. And I think that will give us a better idea of who's actually really in the mix here, because I know that Notre Dame was thrown out there as a contender. I definitely think Nebraska is a viable contender and then probably Georgia and Alabama, but you just don't know until, um, you know, he starts to kind of signal that either through a cut list or his visits or whatever, but, it was still a good sign, I think, to keep getting him on campus. And with the way things are going with Dylan Rayola, he's kind of the number one guy, you know, on the board right now, I think.
1: I've given up on Rayola at this point. Yeah, me too. Like, yeah, me I, too. Uh, like it's just time to move on. And I think Nebraska, you know, does have other options at quarterback. But if we can get the playmakers to surround a quarterback, then I'm not too worried. And, you know, I think... Uh, I think there are going to be you know, playmakers on this team for quite some time, both on the roster now and in the future. But, you know, I'm interested to see what they do in terms of getting a quarterback. You know, Dante Reno was talked about as a potential option before, you know, guys like that. So although I'm bummed about probably not getting Dylan Raiola, I mean, I fully expected it. And I'm excited to see who else they add for this class and beyond. Yeah, it is
0: disappointing to, you know, just because I really like Daniel Kalen. So, I mean, the way it all worked out, you know, it's like Nebraska missed on two quarterbacks because they went after Euler, which was the right move. I'm not saying that wasn't the right move. It's just makes it sting even more because the guy that, you know, you felt like could have been kind of a fallback and not just because, you know, he he would have been a really good player. I think he is going to be a good player at Missouri. Um, I would still, you know, try to see if I could get in on that recruitment, but it might be, you know, too little, too late there. Um, However, just, I thought it was another solid weekend for Nebraska. Um, You know, they need to get some of these guys back for official visits, but I like how the 2024 class is, uh, you know, progressing. And I did have some thoughts, I guess, on quarterback, you know, and I know you kind of touched on it a little bit on one of your Twitter uh, threads yesterday, but what's, you know, what's going to happen with this quarterback position, you know, going forward, because I, You know, Harburg did, you know, he ran the ball okay, but, yeah, he missed some throws, and he definitely needs a lot of development before I think he's ready to start, you know, Big Ten games. I mean, the way I look at this quarterback room right now, if they lose Casey Thompson, then we're one injury away from basically where we were last year, you know, which is not having a Big Ten caliber quarterback, you know, starting games.
1: Although I do say I feel a lot better with Jeff Sims' under center than I do Trevor Purdy, but that's, like, saying,
0: like... Well, what I'm saying is, like, so if Casey transfers and then Jeff's our quarterback... and. if he gets hurt, then we're screwed again. If Casey's uh, yeah, 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 yeah,
1: got you, got you. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Um, you know, so what's the deal with? Because I was talking about this last night as well. and I got mixed reviews from everybody. He can tra- K- Casey Thompson could potentially transfer based off of a hardship uh, exemption. Is that correct?
0: Oh uh, well, I think just because he's a graduate, I think he'd be able just to get. Grad he'd be able to yeah because once you're the rules are different for graduates so i believe even if you've transferred before if you're transferring as a graduate i think you can still um get that free year so i think i and now i could be wrong but i think he came to nebraska and i think he graduated at nebraska and i think he's going for a second degree
1: he did graduate at nebraska yeah so
0: i think that that um is why he would be able to get um you know a free basically a free year to play wherever he transferred I and I'm, I'm not 100 sure I mean that's you know the rules are so weird and they just changed them recently but I'm pretty sure he would get the um he wouldn't even need to apply for a waiver if he did have to apply for a waiver I feel like it would get granted so you know especially with the new coach and all that type of stuff um even though I you know they did just change the rules that they said they weren't going to do that type of thing but you know it's the ncaa so none, their rules don't mean shit yeah.
1: yeah no but yeah you're 100% right i mean but um yeah i don't know I, I i just think there's a very real quarterback competition here and while casey will probably start it's not clear cut anymore in my opinion
0: see i think it's i think it's the other one. i think jeff sims is Like I think right now, if they were to put together a depth chart, you know, I mean, they probably, I don't know, maybe they would put them both at the top just for now, you know, just to, because if look, if you're Matt Rule, I mean, you got to try to keep, you have to try to keep Casey Thompson on this roster till the fall. I mean, till the season starts. That's just the bottom line of it. And I know that that's where it all kind of converges, right? Because the best interest of Nebraska is maybe not the best interest of Casey Thompson, right? Because he wants to play this year to showcase himself for the NFL or whatever. And uh, Nebraska While they, you know, while they don't want necessarily don't want him to play, it's like they just want him on the roster because they need two quality quarterbacks, and if they don't have him, they don't have that. So I mean, it's that's where you know the whole transfer portal thing kind of gets interesting because it's like, well, what what happened? You know, I mean, Casey Thompson could go through fall camp, and uh, this happened before in Scott Frost for a year. I forget the quarterback, but he lost to Adrian Martinez, and then boom, hit the portal, and then Justin Jibba, yeah, and then um you know, uh, Adrian got hurt and they were starting to walk on. So, I mean... Who is still
1: playing at Ohio State, actually. He, yeah. <laughs> uh, he he was in their spring game the other day for his 58th year of college football. So, I thought that was pretty funny.
0: So, I yeah, that'll be interesting to see how that works out. Hopefully, they can keep both of those guys here. I mean, I do think it's going to be a real uh, battle. And it, it's, it's hard to give the job, I guess, to Jeff Sims without seeing Casey throw a pass. You know what I mean? Because I do think that... um I think he at least gets this offense and I do think he's a pretty talented passer, but Jeff Sims just looks like the total package to me. So I don't know. It's, it's a tough call, but if Nebraska has both of them on the roster in the fall, then either way, I feel much better about the quarterback room than I did a year ago.
1: Yeah. I don't think, I don't think Thompson will, you know, transfer anytime soon, maybe once the season starts or something, but you know, Casey, I don't think would have come back if there wasn't some sort of, guarantee and I don't even want to say guarantee but you know line of thinking that he would be the starter so it's going to be really interesting because I've said before and I said this I think in December that Jeff Sims is going to be a better fit for this offense and you know I think Thompson is a is a pretty good quarterback but I don't know if he's the best fit because with this offense you're going to need to be able to run if you're a quarterback so and I think that's where Sims has the advantage and I think he has a little bit more of an arm strength advantage so we'll see it's going to be interesting to watch um, and also just interesting to see how a guy like Heinrich Harburg fits into things because although he didn't necessarily throw the football a ton on Saturday he showed he had the wheels so you know there's no doubt he's a good athlete it's just about you know being able to you know put everything together that makes a good quarterback
0: yeah fine too yeah I'm not ready to throw the towel in on um, Harburg I still think he could be developed into a potential starter I just I don't know that he's there yet but yeah he does bring some other things you know to the table at least which I think is you know pretty positive overall but yeah it's one thing I should say you know to make so I don't sound like an idiot is that you know you can't now that they have these transfer windows, I mean, you, you, Casey wouldn't be able to enter the transfer window, but he basically could just be like, I'm not going to play this year, and I'm going to enter the transfer portal after the season. I mean, I don't know that, like, he would have – I just don't see him doing that. Like, I mean, that he'd have to be sitting and waiting for, like, another season to play college football. I mean, he's already really old. So, I feel like – I mean, just for – for, I mean, I think – Oh, yeah. I guess isn't so. he, like, 24? Yeah, I mean, he is. So, it's like, he's got to – at some point you got to move on and uh so i i just can't see him like trying to wait and play college football in 2024 i just don't see that happening because how's know. that how's that i mean if you don't have a pro future maybe maybe you just take one more you know nil deal and do the best you can and then
1: like adrian Martinez for example like yeah a, now he's in the usfl so i guess he is, is he actually playing in the, in the
0: usfl i was curious about that i I got, saw I got drafted but I, I don't know that he's I saw actually he got on a drafted. roster.
1: Hold on, let me, let me chat that real quick. But, yeah, I mean, it's a tough situation for Casey because you came back to Nebraska, you know, thinking you had a really good chance to start. But now, you know, Jeff Sims comes in and does a pretty good job, and we'll see what happens. Uh, and the other thing, not related to really Casey Thompson here, but we have to cut down the roster, and I think a lot of conversations are going to be had this week. So, yeah, I'll be interested to see who stays and who goes. I could see one of the quarterbacks maybe going, somebody like a Richard Torres or just there's a lot of names in that room. and I mean, do we see Logan Smothers on Saturday or no? I don't recall he's been hurt. he's been he hasn't uh, basically participated all
0: spring, so okay, yeah, so I so, mean he's another one, but yeah, I would think quarterback, maybe running back, maybe receivers um. You know, secondary, there's a lot of safeties and cornerbacks that, you know, have kind of not really gotten a lot of, uh, you know, like Noah Polo Gates. Some of those some guys like that, you know what I mean, that are talented players. It just it just works out. Um, We'll see how many of those guys transfer and how many take the option to stay at Nebraska and just get their tuition paid for. Because that's the other option. Basically, you have, you know, the coaching staff can go to a player and be like, hey, you know, you can essentially you're you're not part of our plans here, so. You know you can either stay here and uh, basically not be on the team but still have your scholarship honored in the sense that your tuitions and board and all your expenses are paid for or you can hit the transfer portal and go somewhere else so i think between i I almost want to say it'll be probably like half and half because you know some guys just i don't i don't know what how much interest there's going to be in the transfer portal if they leave nebraska so we'll see how that goes
1: and i'd take my tuition being paid for that's for sure i would definitely go that route but uh
0: Especially if you're close to getting done with the degree, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. I get wanting to play football though, too. So it, every situation is different for uh, for every player, but that'll definitely be something to watch over the next few weeks. And we've been, you know, talking about a few transfer portal guys here or there, um, you know, Barry Alexander went to USC, you know, Taiwan Malone from Ole Miss. I don't, I, I think Nebraska has to cut down some guys. I think they would add maybe a player or two if it was the right situation, but. It's kind of tough with the roster, you know, scholarship numbers the way they are.
1: Yeah, right now it's about trimming the proverbial fat, so to speak. And, you know, I think based on what we saw Saturday, I think this defensive line might be okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel really good, yeah, about the D-line um, for sure. Uh, so... Yeah, and, and we'll we'll have some more stuff up on, the uh, you know, the spring game this week and uh, kind of reviewing all of spring ball at huskerbigred.com. But I wanted to just switch focus a little bit before we kind of wrap things up on uh, basketball. It was another big weekend for visits there. You know, Hunter Salis, the former five-star uh, guard, um, you know, was on campus this weekend. Um, Josiah Leak, who, you know, his sister plays for the volleyball team. He was at New Mexico last year, 6'8 power forward. He visited um, on some bad News Latrell uh, right cell, um, who was visiting. He's committed to Alabama. Um, JV and McCollum committed to Oklahoma. So, Nebraska really doesn't have a point guard on the board. So, it seems like they're going to have to, you know, kind of basically start over, or hopefully, Fred has some backup options in mind. Cause I don't, I don't think Hunter Salas can play point guard. And I don't necessarily, I don't want to see them force Jamarcus Lawrence into being a point guard. I think he's just more of a combo guard.
1: And, you know, when you look at this offense and specifically last year, Sam Griesel added a lot of scoring, but he didn't really need to do that in order to be successful on his team. He needed to be a playmaker and a facilitator. And, you know, I do think they have guys that can put the ball in the hoop this year. So if they were just able to get a, you know, a pass first kind of, you know, conductor, so to speak, of the offense, then I think that would serve them well. I mean, it was disappointing to see, you um, Luttrell go to Alabama but I mean it's it's Alabama they're one of the hottest programs in college basketball right now so I'm not surprised but those did sting and I'm still pretty happy with the transfer portal hall that Nebraska was able to get I mean they've had a lot of good momentum this month despite you know some targets not going their way so I am I am excited about the future direction of the program and you know I'm curious to see what Fred will be able to do with the new additions and what is going to be a big year for him.
0: it will be. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if they can get say, I've been, I've really wanted him just because uh, that would give him the defensive stopper and then they would need a point guard. But um, Ali, I really like him too. He was, I think I might've put him on my original five guys of like transfers. Nebraska should target um, because he's, six, eight. I mean, he averaged, uh, like seven rebounds a game, but his, his career field goal percentage from two points, is like 62%. I mean, he, uh, last year, I think he was at 64.6%. So, I mean, that's kind of, you know, what Derek Walker used to do. He's got assists. He could rebound. I just think that you need more than one big that can score down low in the big 10. And this would give him another guy. Plus it would give him, um, you know, the ability to play big a little bit more, you know, like if, uh, they're playing a, a team that's got like a couple of seven footers or six ten guys. You know, you're instead of forcing Juwan Gary or, um, you know, Brydenbach into the lineup. You know, you could have him, and and it gives you another proven score and it takes a little pressure off Brydenbach to kind of you know develop into that next uh, step this year.
1: Which, in my opinion, we don't know what, what that next step is for Brydenbach because, you know, he he showed at the end of the season that maybe he could shoot a little bit. He's not exactly the best rebounder but he has the size to play inside so his game is really confusing and I kind of wish you know he kind of had a defined game at this point just so you know we kind of knew what we were working with but you know I think he needs to have a big year next year and kind of figure out you know what can I do on this basketball court that helps out the team is it passing the basketball is it going inside and drawing fouls Is it shooting, you know, from distance? You know, I think we saw a little bit of everything last year, and I think at this point in his basketball career, I'm not sure sure that's the best thing for him.
0: It's funny because he is one of the highest-rated Nebraska basketball recruits of all time. I mean, I think, you know, he did get hurt his freshman year, and he did have some stretches last year. He had, like, a six-game stretch last year. We averaged, like, nine points a game and really figured it out, and then, of course, he just... You know he, he hasn't been consistent, um, so I think this offseason is going to be huge for him. You know he's going to be healthy. He doesn't have that kind of excuse anymore. And you know if he can't find a if he can't find not even a starting role, but you know a, a solidified spot in the top eight, I mean that's not going to be a good sign for you know his career going forward. So yeah, it's a it's a pivotal offseason because there's a lot of you know, you look at this front court, there's a lot of potential minutes. And uh, you're looking at you've got one of the highest rated recruits of all time in program history and they're you know, recruiting other bigs. I mean, that tells you a lot right there about, you know, what they think about him, or at least that I think that they aren't going to, you know, just assume that he's going to be able to step up his production. I think that they still think it's there, but you can't count on it at this point. It just it's kind of he's kind of an X factor on this roster right now. And frankly, if they did get a league. It would not shock me if he entered the transfer portal.
1: No, it wouldn't shock me at all. But, um, you know, health is another big reason too. Like you just Mm kind of mentioned, you know, it seems like he's been bitten by the injury bug and that's no fault of his own. We can't really bash a guy for getting injured. I mean, it's not like he's planning to get injured, but you know, they say the best, the best, um, ability is availability. So, you know, that it's going to be a crucial year for Brydenbach next year. And, I'll be interested to see, you know, what role he has on this team and, you know, how Nebraska addresses the big position.
0: Yeah, and we'll have to see this week, uh, you know, what what point guard. I'm going to try to dig into some point guards and see if there's some some solid fits out there. I think Fred will find – Find a way. I mean, roster construction hasn't necessarily been his issue. Um, so I feel like he'll he'll get some talented guys there, at least somebody who can play that lead guard role. It's not going to be JV McCollum would have been a great fit. But you know, it is what it is, you just have to move on. Um, so yeah, but I still think they've made some solid additions. And, uh, you know, we'll see, it sounds like, you know, according to, uh, you know, Husker online, that there's going to be both of those guys are going to be making decisions in the next week or so um so hopefully we will have a better idea of what this roster is going to look like and uh hopefully we'll get a decision from uh case here in the next you know couple of weeks still haven't heard anything from him
1: i hope so too because if he doesn't come back then i'm a little worried yeah just it, it would be so
0: fun to have you know the Kasei show for like a full season i mean we didn't really get it last year because he wasn't like, he became a starter at the second half of the year. So it's like, I just, I will feel robbed of that experience if he's not back for a full year. I, I'll, I'll admit that.
1: That's the other thing. Fred gets all this talent and then he doesn't know what to do with it. So it's like, all right, like, cool. We have a five star, you know, recruit sitting on the bench and, you know, Fred's not playing him until an injury happens. That's, that's basically what happened with Lawrence. Not that Lawrence was a five star crew, but it took injuries for him to kind of really break out. And it's like, all right, like, what are we doing here, Fred? But, you know that's been the that's been the mystery to me. It's like Fred's gotten a lot of, a lot of talent coming in. I mean, you just mentioned Brydenbach, one of the highest-rated recruits in Nebraska basketball history, and he just really hasn't fit here. So, I mean, you can get all the talent in the world, but if you don't know what to do with it, then it does you no good. So, but and anyway, you, you
0: got to make the you got to make the puzzle pieces fit together. You know, and that's that's the thing with the basketball roster too is you need complementary pieces. You know, it doesn't do you any good to have. Uh, You know, five Bryce McGowan's, for instance, like you need to have guys that, you know, you got to have you got to have guys that can score in the post and can handle the ball and can shoot the you know, you need all those different pieces to fit together. So we'll see. I I do like how this construction's going. But please just uh, case a give us one more year, man. Come on. If you're watching this podcast, which I'm sure you're probably not, but uh, I want to see in the in the scarlet and cream for one more season.
1: That being said, if we had five Bryce McGowans, I would be absolutely stoked. Well, true, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's like, which he was—he was on
0: campus this. He he toured around Hunter Sayles this weekend, so I thought that was cool. We would give up but, like uh, two
1: hundred points, but we would score like six hundred, so oh it wouldn't man, even he, matter.
0: He was so good. He was he was fun to watch for sure. I wish we had him. That if we had him this year, we definitely would have made the NCAA tournament. Like I, in my opinion.
1: But you know what? He's he. I think he made, and I wasn't sure about this at the time, but I think he made the right decision to go to the NBA. I really do. Yeah.
0: And see, that's where it's like, I'm not saying it was a mistake to to recruit a guy like Bryce McGowan's, but you have to be careful because, you know, on a certain team, you know, if you're on a certain team, you know, and you're trying to add that type of player, it's just, it doesn't always fit. You know what I mean? Like Michigan's had a lot of those types of players, but they haven't won a lot. So it's because it's like, Teams that win in college basketball are veterans and, and it's like Bryce McGowans. Yeah, this year he would have been a spectacular, spectacular college basketball player. And he last year he was a spectacular scorer. But as an all-around player, it's just that freshman year, it's hard to, you know, expect those guys to make huge impacts, especially with the transfer portal. It's just with all the good players going to the NBA early, college basketball is such an old game that it's hard for those freshmen to make an impact. Even the even the good ones. Look at this year. Not very many five star freshmen did anything.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it just speaks to, like you said, the transfer portal and then, you know, how the coaches, you know, utilize and develop those minutes. It's not like a football field where you can have, like, I don't know, 75 guys and, you know, you can rotate them here or rotate them there. There's not as much good depth, I think, in the basketball, you know, sphere as there is in the football sphere. So, you know, but I'm just thinking Bryce McGowan's on this year's team, him him driving in the lane and then kicking it out to Tominaga or tons of scenarios where I think he would have been great on this year's team. But, you know, I think I think like you said um, with the commitment that we landed the other day, and I'm blanking on the name again because it's early, but... Um,
0: jakowski. jakowski
1: Yeah, I, I remember talking off air with you and you said, you know, he's a good player, but he's not good enough to where he would be a one and done. He's somebody that can develop into a solid Big Ten player. And I think that's exactly what Nebraska basketball needs. I think while the high-rated and high-scoring, high-volume, high-whatever players are really good and can help you win games, what Fred needs, especially this year, and hopefully for his sake, you know, a couple of years down the road, is players that you can develop and count on and build a program around. Mm-hmm. Build a program around because Fred's never really built a program. He's kind of always... Since he's been here, filled it with a lot of transfers and things like that. And I would love to see some continuity within the program. I think we're going to see it next year, but you know, it's going to be the first year, in my opinion, of his coaching tenure that we've really had pieces that we can build around and that will stay.
0: Yeah, and Fred's always been—I mean, even when he was at Iowa State—I mean, he's always been a transfer portal guy. So um, he, yeah, he's, he's always got talented guys to these midwestern schools. It'll be interesting to see how that all comes together. But I do feel good about. I feel this program is trending in the right direction. So I'm as excited about Nebraska basketball, at least right now going into next season, as I have been in a long time, basically since Fred got hired. So uh, I feel good about that. Um, I did want to mention before we wrap it up, guys do make sure that, you know, you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any of our content. You know, we're going to hopefully have some great player interviews and lots of analysis going forward on all things, Husker sports, um, hit the like button, get into the comment section. Um, I did want to mention it is a tough weekend for, it was, excuse me, for the Nebraska baseball team got swept by those bastards. The Iowa Hawkeyes, um, really hurt us because Nebraska was tied for first in the big 10. Now it's, they're not out of the race. You know, they're still kind of right in the mix in terms of winning percentage, but definitely a missed opportunity this weekend. So we'll see how that goes, but that's, it's
1: just life as a Nebraska fan, I guess. This team has been way up and down and, you know, I not to go off on another whole show here, but do you think this hot seat is getting warm for Will Bolt? We'll see. I,
0: I, I think, uh, I guess we'll see by the end of the season, but I still think this program is going to be, you know, in the mix for an NCAA berth. But, yeah, if uh, if they don't get there this year, then I think it's going to be, I wouldn't say he'd get fired this year, but he's going to be in the the Hoyberg kind of, you know, Scott Frost area pretty soon.
1: <laughs> I'm just going to say, I, I do not envy Trev Alberts. He has had to come in and clean up so much mess, and I don't envy him at all. This is a tough job. Thanks, Bill Moose. Go have another, go have another Bush Light or whatever. And <sighs> I don't envy the job at all. I really don't. He's had a lot of tough decisions to make, and, you know, I think at some point it will be sort of a relief when Trev has his own coaches under his own regime. But I'm hoping, you know, Fred can get it together can get it together and you know we'll see about Matt Rule. but I am encouraged by Saturday and uh I can't believe let's see we're April 24th right now let's see our first game is what August 30th
0: I think so yeah oh we're um, getting
1: there we're getting there it's coming up quick so
0: it is and you know I'm hoping with baseball it's just one of those you know blips you no know, they'll flip it around but I still think they've got as good a shot as anybody you know I don't know that the Big Ten is going to get any at-large teams in so it might just be you know, whoever it might be—the regular season champ and the big, and the tournament champ—getting in, I think that's what it was last year. So, i I'm, I still have hope, and uh, I do think overall it's a good time to be a Nebraska fan with Trev Alberts in charge. So, you know, with that in mind, uh, make sure you guys hit the subscribe button. Check out HuskerBigRed.com. We're going to have a ton of great content here over the next few weeks, and we'll be back with another episode later on this week. So, um, as always, guys, go big red.
1: Go big red.